East Lansing. You are listening to Impact Izzo, the student voice of Michigan State University basketball, bringing you news, updates, and more. What is up, members of the Izzone? Season 7, Episode 9, Impact Izzone. Julian Mitchell right back here in the host chair, joined by Trent Bally and Natalie Kerwin once again for our show. We got an episode for you. Got some things to say, but for now, we'll start first with pleasantries. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Life is good. good. Everything great. Can't complain. No complaints. It's Tuesday. It's a good week. No complaints. No complaints. Nothing. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. It makes me laugh. You're happy every time I, we do this. I try to be. I, I try love to, it. Try to be. The sunshine in the room. Yeah, no, the, it's it's warmer today too, which has it a big is. effect on my mood. Oh, it does. Like it's mid thirties today, which is bearable. You know, it wasn't bad. I was actually surprised because it snowed last night, but when I woke up, like a lot of the snow's gone yeah, already. It snowed a lot. I was, I was like, right. That's good. I'm happy for that. How are you, Julian? I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm doing Mr. great, Host, sir. Doing great. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, good. it. Yeah, good. doing good. good. Good to be here. Yeah, it's a busy week. I don't know if for me it is at least. Like this week and next week is all the midterm stuff coming together. Yeah, like, next week is my big week, which stinks because it's right before spring break. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Papers and exams and whatnot. So I'm just excited for spring break for these next two weeks to fly by. and Student well, actually, journalists, right? At the same time. Th- true. But at the same time, though, like I'm still trying to enjoy things while I can because yeah. last semester, yeah. Julian, you, you understand that oh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so. I don't, but it's all good. You <laughs> you'll guys get there do. one day, and then <laughs> you you'll, will. you'll look back and, and I'll, I'll call you guys up, and I'll say, look, remember that time we were talking about that? You got any advice for me? Live you guys up. will probably both not respond to me. <laughs> Trent, <laughs> Trent, you, you call, I answer. That's how this works. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Big trust. Vice versa. Big trust. Big trust. <laughs> that's our thing by the you way guys you guys taught me well I don't think the people have ever been exposed to the big trust thing but that is our they thing they haven't that's true do you want to elaborate thing. on that one of you two Trent can explain we have some behind the scenes video we might I don't know we might publicize that at we some point drop. who knows we might drop who knows uh, I believe it was after the <laughs> Michigan State Penn State game at the Breslin Center myself Julian Natalie we call ourselves a big three it's just kind of a fun thing we like to do we're shooting the stand up down on the court and we were just going delirious because we kept forgetting equipment and couldn't get it right. And we, so eventually we were just started calling each other, you know, and saying, hey, big trust. Whoop, whoop, Queen Kerwin, Julian Mitchell, Trent Bailey, best three in the land. You got a problem with that? You can come see me. Come see me. If people don't know what we're talking about, it is a reference to the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Jackson, Mark Ingram at the. MVP. Yeah. yeah this Ingram. is getting unbearably long, but that is what Big Trust is. There it goes. There's the explanation. So we yeah, are the yeah, Big yeah. Trust. We are the Big Three. <laughs> <laughs> the Big <laughs> Trust. Big Trust. Yeah. Big Trust. Uh, I like it. No, but doing good. Glad yeah, everybody's here. We're another another Tuesday edition of uh, of the show this time, so back on our regular schedule. And before getting into the basketball, a couple of little things that we should, should talk about while we're still in the opening of the podcast. Um, obviously, we didn't touch on this in the last episode, but want to touch on it now because he did make an appearance at the Maryland game new football coach for michigan state mel tucker all the way from colorado has made his his return to east lansing um he's gonna be the head football coach here at michigan state i think it's six years 5.5 million dollars is i believe is like his contract or something like that uh but got a good contract he's here uh, his him and his wife i think he proposed to her here in east lansing um so big for them he showed up at the maryland game wearing the the 2000 alternate jersey looked great and 
so far I feel like it's been a new energy to campus. I, he's been fantastic. He's been enthusiastic, showing up at the hockey game when they had the big game against Michigan on Friday for Valentine's Day and then um, the Maryland game. But it's just been new energy in East Lansing, and he's brought a lot of it. He's pumped some new life into this fan base and into this campus. You know, last couple of years of the D'Antonio era started to feel a little flat. And, uh, you know, so welcome, welcome Coach Tucker. Yeah, I think he brings a lot of new energy, which is what this team, the fan base, this university needs. Um, like you said, yeah, with D'Antonio's past few seasons, it's been pretty disheartening seeing how things have turned out. Players, you know, entering the transfer portal and players getting in trouble for things. There's just been a lot of, I think, negativity a little bit with the team and just how they've done. So I think Mel Tucker brings in this new sign of life yeah. that will hopefully revive this team and we'll see in the next few years um you know what this team can develop into so I think I was very excited I just think a new coach period was necessary it was a move it was a move D'Antonio was definitely you know had kind of started to burn down or chip away at the things that uh he had built here at Michigan State so new coach new enthusiasm new energy and uh Mel has been that Jim got pretty hyped for him uh at the Maryland game as he came in so Mel yeah for Mel Tucker as the the new head football coach for Michigan State in other good news it came out yesterday at um Izzo's press conference his weekly presser um Xavier Tillman his baby was born uh Xavier Justice Tillman Jr very healthy, very healthy baby boy uh, to the world. We want to give our congratulations to Xavier and his wife, to me on a beautiful baby boy. I thought that was that was really great news. I was just very happy to see that because Tillman, you know, from from covering this team and covering him, he's a really great guy and already has one child, one daughter, and now to have this little baby boy is just, it's exciting. Yeah, I remember um, covering Pistons camp here in September. You know, the Pistons came to the Breslin and uh, X came to one of the shoot-arounds. And it was the day after he found out that his wife was expecting again and it was going to be a boy. So, I, you know, I remember just telling him congrats and he had a huge smile on his face, you know, just so excited for his son. So, you know, it's, it's great that he's here and he's in good health. So congratulations to them. Yeah, I'm so happy for him. He is such a great guy. And I don't know how he does it. He balances so many things so well. Yep. and. You know, now with a second baby, it's just, I don't know how he does it, but you can very see the cool joy in his face. You can, too. you can. And he's not letting it stop how he plays and how he looks into the season, even though, you know, this is right in the middle of Big Ten play getting towards the end here. But I'm very happy for him that the boy is healthy and everything went well. Yeah, crazy time. It's going to be a whirlwind. He, he probably won't get much sleep during this time, which is another point to recognize that, hey, this guy has right. two kids and people go on Twitter and criticize him for his basketball skills. Exactly. Wild, but uh, wish all the best to him and his wife and, and a healthy baby boy and his, his little girl as well. Just fantastic news out of uh, the Michigan State basketball program. Anyways, that'll, that'll move us from our good news, and we will move into the, the bad of the week. I mean, honestly, with the, the, the news of Mel Tucker, there was energy there, but no team really got it done on campus. Uh, the hockey team failed. They've lost two straight now. Yeah. And the basketball team as well. Uh, they dropped, crumbled, really, in the final minutes uh, of the game to Maryland at home, 67-60. It was Set up to be this day of of energy. College game day was there. The 2000s team. A lot of alumni really gathered back to East Lansing to come in and celebrate kind of that the day that was for Michigan State. It was supposed to be a huge day for the Spartans. And it ended, ended up uh, not being that. The, the basketball team just couldn't close it out. And first, before getting into the game, I do 
Just want to first comment on the 2000 team and, and make sure we get that and celebrate that team because I think that was a really important kind of glossed over mark when you look back at this game is them getting recognized and just how crucial and important that 2000 team is to this Michigan State program. Yeah, it was cool to see them there. You know, I've, obviously that's a team that will live forever on this campus. You know, it's a team that was around in our lifetimes, even if we don't remember them. Not not so much like the 1979 Magic Johnson. Like that's a legendary team. This team feels more real. Like you can go meet, like yeah, no. you see those guys. They come back to you know. They look so, the same too. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. So it was just really cool to see all those guys there. And I think everyone was there with the with the exception of Charlie Bell. Maybe don't hold me to that. I don't know. I just I remember at the halftime ceremony we were up in the booth and I just you know kind of paying attention to what was going on. Um, so it was cool to see a lot of them back there. And uh, I think they enjoyed it, too. It just stinks that the Spartans weren't able to honor them with a win. Yeah, I think it's very cool that um, Michigan State was able to honor the team, um, to have a lot of alumni there. I think that was great for the fan base and for Michigan State basketball to see them there and think, you know, that could be us, even though that's not where their season is heading currently. But I think it's very cool to have all of them back to celebrate, um, you know, such a great team from that season. It was big, and Mateen ended up getting on the mic. He said a few words, and Ventura and I were up there. We we were calling the game. Um, Natalie, you weren't able to be with us, but we missed you while you were, you weren't we there. We did miss you. Guys. We did. We did miss you. There's no big <laughs> trust the without same. no Natalie. big trust without Natalie. Zero. Third part of the big trust. But there's not even two thirds of the big trust. Yeah. <laughs> we're not it's, even it's, a big it's trust. It's just like it's one thing. Yeah, okay. we're just two we people. You. We missed you. We did. Oh, I missed didn't mean, you guys. Didn't mean, to, didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah, you You're good. This is a podcast. Getting I distracted. want this conversation. Um, but yeah, Mateen says a few words and he he talks about how that 2000 team was so connected. Nobody was was bigger than anybody else. They were all equal parts of one whole system, and I think that was is something that kind of defines what this Michigan State team is right now. They are or is not right now. They're not connected. They're not playing with a lot of energy. They're not together and I think you know there's a lot we can talk about with this Maryland game and I tried to sit there and make this whole breakdown of statistics and you know the plays that happen and I felt like we could sit here and talk about that but at the end of the day I I feel like and we talked about this before recording we're just going to continue to say the same things over and over again uh, you know the same players need to step up the same and guys need to be better Izzo needs to give these guys more sets I, but I just I don't know at a certain point, I don't know if this team just has it. I just I don't know necessarily how to to quantify quantify or qualify what that it is. But this team is missing something that I don't think is solved by a lineup change or necessarily Aaron Henry becoming a thirty point per game scorer and joining uh, Winston and Tillman in that crusade. I, I feel like there's just something here that I just don't I don't know how to fix and how to tell people on this podcast. Don't worry. Things get better from here, and I just—I I don't know if you all are on that same page, but for me, when I take away from this game is that that crumbling in the final three minutes was just—I mean, Trent and I are sitting up there, we're thinking this game's over with seven minutes, seven—excuse uh, me, a seven-point lead with three minutes or so left to go. That, that is, it didn't feel like that the lead was going to come down. The Breslin Center's into it, everybody's into it, and then it's just—it was a choke job. It was a crumble. It was a choke job in all stretch of the word because you're up seven with three minutes left and then you don't score another point for the rest of the the game. I mean, that's like that's that's the fact of the matter. Maryland closed on a 14-0 run. So you definitely got to look at closing games. But like you said, Julian, you're talking about that it. This team, I mean, like teams that have it are teams that just find a way to win those kinds of games. 
and I don't even necessarily know if you can call it finding a win because Michigan State had it right there on the doorstep. They just didn't close the door. So that, <clears throat> excuse me, that that's one of the things that you have to, you kind of got to pump the brakes and now you got to like sit back and assess this team. It is mid-February, you know, we it's a week until we're in March and then you're starting to look at tournament and what is seeding purposes and all these things. And it's like, is Michigan State really the team that a lot of media players, coaches, including, you know, us, thought they would be? And that's a real question. Now uh, Michigan State still has a chance to go out and answer that and, like, change our minds and change everyone's minds. But at this point, you know, it, it doesn't look like this team has it. Julian, the point you made about Mateen Cleaves mentioning at halftime that his team was connected. Yeah, this Michigan State team this season definitely doesn't look and feel connected for sure. I mean, it, what we've been harping on all, you know, all season on this podcast, you know, it looks like Cassius, I mean, he has the ability to have pieces around him to, you know, make this team look connected and great per se, but it's not showing. And we see glimpses from people like Rocket Watts in the Illinois game where you thought, wow, this this kid looks great. Look what he can do. But, you know, and he in the game ha- didn't have a great first half, did well in the second half against Cowan. But it just it feels like, you know, Cowan had those great looks at the end of the game, all those threes, and then they ended up winning by seven. And they went on that 14-0 and run, which – I don't know if we if Michigan State has the ability to do something like that besides Cassius Winston. Cassius, I think, would have the ability to go on a run like that, but even he's not up to the standards I think that Cowan is at right now. So I agree. They just don't look connected. It's hard to find what that specific answer is because I, I really don't know. I don't think any of us do, you know, what's truly wrong because I think Michigan State has, has all the pieces, but they're just not putting them together, and I don't know what yeah. it's going to take. Well, it, especially, I mean, just to that point real quick, especially because it was right there. We're not talking about a team that got blown out by 20. We're talking about a team that was up 20 on Illinois and almost let that slip away and then was up seven with three minutes left against a really good Maryland team and let that slip away. Not only let it slip away – didn't do anything in the last three minutes. Nothing. Zero. Zero points. Which is insane. Yes, it's and that kind of stuff is just unacceptable. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to be a championship team or claim that you're a, a Final Four team, an elite, hell, a Sweet Sixteen team, I don't know. Those kind of teams don't let these things happen. And I guess that's where you have to be a little alarmed. And speaking of that run, just we'll go through it for a second here because I have the play-by-play pulled up. It's a 60-53 lead, a seven-point lead with 3.24 on the clock. So Aaron Henry hits a jumper to make it 60-53. to Then after that, it's a, a three-pointer from Jalen Smith. It's a missed three from Tillman on the other end. A three-pointer from Cowan, so it's 60-59 now. A missed layup by Watts, which is off a backdoor cut that he made that he, he missed Great off the pass, pass from Kithier. Great, Great pass, pass from Kithier. Watts couldn't finish, so that's a missed layup. Another three-pointer from Cowan. It's 60-62. A missed jumper from Tillman. Another three-pointer from Cowan. A missed three from Cassius. And then a three-pointer, uh, excuse me, a free throw from Cowan, and the game the game's over. Yep. That's, it's it's unprecedented in your your own building with the way the energy was going, I mean, we're sitting up there. The crowd's into it. Everyone's yep. into it. I'm pretty sure everyone in the arena was thinking seven point. Like this was the the signature victory. To th- this is a win here that changes what everyone had been thinking about this Michigan State season. Yeah. At that point, 
That run. You, oh, sorry. No, sorry, no, no, just, no, 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 no. I just ahead. I was gonna say that run to like take that lead right there, take that five and then seven point lead in the last five minutes was the loudest that I that I've heard it this season. I was not at the Michigan game. I'm sure that was crazy. But I mean that includes the Duke game. Michigan State was never really in the Duke game. Like this game was that was the loudest I've heard it, to your point. Like you gotta at some point you gotta rally behind that. Exactly, and, and those threes come down to, and, and Natalie, you talked about it, Watts, for everything you give him credit for, because I didn't think he was he was horrible throughout the entirety of the game, I thought he was pretty good, but then it comes down to the final three minutes, and it's like, dude, where's your head at? Where's your head at? I, he goes underneath screens, they give Cowan two triples, easy triples. Same play twice. A guy like him is going to knock down, same play twice, and it's just, it it doesn't make sense to me kind of where some of these players are at as far as development and growth, and I think a big piece of that, and a big guy to look at, and I'll kind of bring it up now um, since we're at this point. But Zachary Swiecki, you know, I sent out the tweet of, you know, send us in your Twitter questions, and if you guys have any questions, we'll we'll bring your your answers on the podcast. And uh, you know, I ask him for questions. He usually comes back with some questions because that's you know just the support system we have. Former impactor, he sends some questions in, uh, but he was the only person to send one in, and he even told me I didn't really have a question, and I feel like that was kind of an idea of how this situation is for Michigan State. I don't know if there are even questions or answers as to where this team goes from here. I don't I don't I don't I can't tell you where they move from and so I ended up coming up with a question of just what kind of create a pie chart of responsibility for where Michigan State is at right now from coaching to Winston slash Tillman to Henry slash Brown slash Watts to the rest of the team. And, you know, I don't know necessarily how to sit here and dole out that pie chart, but I think to me a big part of that is supporting cast. And it's it's the Henry, the Brown, the Watts, and the rest of the team that they need to be better. The fact that Gabe Brown for now three straight games has been a non-factor is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're not winning games if you're not at least getting something from him. He was... It was a disappearing act. First off, in this game against Maryland, if you just look at his last games, he's 0 of two from the fe- 0 of two from the field in this one. A minus 10 when he's on the floor in just 10 minutes of play. Um, some other games prior to that, he's um, 0 for three. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, 0 for uh, excuse me, one for four against Illinois, and then against Michigan, he's 0 for five in 21 minutes of play. That's you're not getting anything out of that spot, and I just don't know where Michigan State goes from here if they're not getting anything from anybody else. Well, and Gabe Brown's a guy that we've all said should get more minutes because we think that he plays, you know, he plays hard when he's in there. But yeah, if you're not going to be a factor, obviously there's not room for you out on the court. Look, I just think I am not, and I'm sure we're going to play the whole panic game later. I'm not ready to do that. And the only reason I'm not ready to do that is because of that coach and that point guard and that center slash forward, whatever. Xavier Tillman catch them some time as well. At some point, these guys will start to figure it out. Every single win the Spartans have, with the exception of the Illinois win, Cassius, X, and Tom Ezzo have all been great. All three of them. Like, check all the boxes. Every single win the Spartans have. All the other wins, or excuse me, all the other losses, like these bad games, these bad losses to Purdue and Indiana, you something, something didn't go right between that trifecta. So, Kind of, it's like with this whole blame thing. It's like you, I guess you gotta, you gotta blame the youth. You gotta blame these younger guys because it's like they need, they need to support a little bit more. And I, I think if you ask Cassius Winston this question, he would probably put more of the blame on on himself for not, Which is wrong. for not, well, yeah, for 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 not getting these guys, getting on these guys a little bit more and pushing them a little bit more. 
in practice or whatnot. Now, we obviously don't get to go see what happens there, so I don't want to like speculate too much. But I just think this team needs a push. And I don't know if you, I don't know if it's all on coaching. I don't know if it's all on your leadership, but it, it it is a young team. I mean, if you really look at this team, obviously your two best players are a senior and a junior, and after that, dude, it's pretty like it's it's slim. Yeah, and that's why I don't know who gives the push, and that's the thing. Like, stepped into the locker room after this Maryland game, and you know, you walk into a losing locker room, you, you expect to feel a certain type of energy. And, and, you know, especially for this Michigan State team that crumbled in the final few minutes, you expect guys to maybe be a little angry, be a little, you know, be miffed off that you just gave up this game on your home floor in front of guys who you look up and aspire to who brought this program a national championship. And I don't know, because I also think this is it's a way, you know, Izzo and Michigan State kind of run. But to, to go into the locker room and hear, you know, them all go, oh, well, you know, we're just not connected. It's just that's not the same energy. Like it's, as if there's it's no Feb- concern. It's February. Right. Like I I don't know how you can still talk about energy in February. Like the energy needs to be there. And you know, Izzo talked to his weekly presser about how all these games have been close. I don't know how that's a a saving grace when you're supposed to be a team that finds ways to win in those close games. Yeah, they, they have been to me kind of out toughed and outplayed in the final few minutes of games. And this, is, this isn't just Maryland. Penn State did the same thing. Penn State walked in here, and every time the crowd got into it, they had an answer. I just don't know where that comes from for Michigan State. And I, don't, I, don't, I just I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happens from here. Are you guys at the panic button yet? Well, to your point, what you guys were just talking about, I do think the leadership is a huge issue. I mean, speaking with Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston at, you know, um, at practices and in the locker room and whatnot, they're sweet guys. They have very nice demeanors. And I don't know, I don't know if I've ever seen them get angry, you know? And I, I think last season you had guys like Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins who could go out on the court and shoot threes and be the saving grace. And like, I don't know. I think they had good leadership skills. Have you guys heard that? I think I they like, were, and I think they were vocal. I think they were more vocal. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't think Cassius and Xavier are those kind of guys. And I feel like that's what you need on this team. Cause how is that even right when you go into the locker room after the Maryland game and they're like, well, we're just not connected? No, they got to be like, that's unacceptable. This can't happen. Like, I just feel like they're too sweet about it. They I, they got to find that energy, that that anger from deep inside because I just feel like coming to the end of Big Ten play right now, you're not going to go anywhere if you don't have that fire under your butt. I just, I don't know. That That's crazy to me that, you know, when – you guys went in there or whatever, Julian, you said that they were just like saying, you know, we're not connected. I think that's just crazy because they had that game in the bag and there has to be someone on the court that can have that leadership and step up and be like, guys, there are five minutes left in this game. We got to push. We got to run. There's got to be someone out there that's making those decisions. And, you know, it can't just be Tom Izzo coaching. I think there needs to be a player, whether that's Cassius or Xavier, helping the younger guys, you know, Let's not let this one slip away because there's been games like that. Penn State lost by five. Maryland lost by seven. Those are really close games, and they had leads at, at you know right before they lost. So it's I just think that's not acceptable. And yeah, to your guys's points, there's just seems like there's no vocal, powerful leadership essentially. Yeah, and that's one thing. I mean, last season in practice, I mean everybody knows the quote. It was one of the bigger quotes from last season. But in practice, everyone goes to Kenny Goins after Michigan State's on the the three-game losing streak from a season ago, and and he basically utters the quote of, you know, it's it's nut up or shut up at this point. And, you know, I just don't don't know yet who is going to be the person to say that, to say something along those lines to turn this season and turn it around. And, you know, Trent, I think you, you, hit, a, you hit a good point and you kind of hit the nail on the head that I'm not – 
I don't think we're sitting here and we're, we're, we're telling everyone that this team is bad or this team sucks. Because I think at the end of the day, when you get to March, you're going to have Cassius Winston and Tom Izzo. And I, I think that's enough to move you out of, you know, a first round into a second, maybe past a second, whatever. Like that is things could be tremendously worse for this Michigan State team. Yep. It's just the question of, you know, everyone had them as a number one team. And now you're kind of looking at a Spartan team that's very, very, very different at this point in the season. And I don't, I don't, it's just, a, I don't know if when Aaron Henry or Watts or Gabe Brown or what configuration of a lineup is going to be better. Um, I think, you know, for Michigan State now with, uh, you know, a few games left on the season to end this all out, th- this is the time. I, I don't, I, I personally, I don't know if a share of the Big Ten title, I mean, it's, it's in reach. I don't know if it's going to happen. You need help now. But help's got to come, and you have to at least come away out of this the end of this season with some sort of consistency. So so to both of you, when you all look at the games that are left, you look at what Michigan State kind of has to do, what is it that the Spartans kind of have to show in these last few games as they head into the Big Ten tournament? Well, as it sits today, February 18th, 2020, four of your last five games are against ranked opponents. So... As we sit here right now, if the Spartans go, you know, four and one in these last five, I don't want to hear anyone talk down the quality of these wins. That's why I'm not hitting panic button. Because if the Spartans come out and do, they do beat Iowa and Maryland and Penn State, or what if if you finish the season like that, you got the fire under your butt, as Natalie likes to say, you're picking up steam going into the time of the year where you need it. So I guess that's why I'm not hitting panic button. In terms of what you need to see at this point. I, you're either going to see it or you're not, but what you need to see is you need to see Cassius Winston in full form for a full game, not just spurts, not just stretches. You need to see Xavier Tillman continue to have double-doubles, and you need to see – you need. To, I mean, I'm going to – we always talk about this third score thing. To hell with that. I'm going to say you just need this team to hit three-pointers because that's just what it's going to come down to. You don't necessarily need a third score, I feel like, at this point. You just need – hey, Kyle Ahrens hit, hit a couple. Rocket Watts hit a couple. Gabe Brown hit one or two. I think Aaron is huge. Henry. Yeah, Aaron's is huge. That's a guy that can definitely yeah. add to your depth. And we weren't. I, I wasn't. Uh, I don't. And I don't think either of us were either. But we weren't able to make it to, the, to practice yesterday. But I think there were some words about you know kind of Aaron's and, and where he's at and the far as the the minutes restriction. I think Kyle Austin wrote a piece on it. I haven't got a chance to read it or anything yet. But I think Aaron's is a guy who, if he plays more, I think that is a bit of a difference for Michigan State. Yes. I I think he so far in the games that he has played the limited minutes, he has been more of a factor than Gabe Brown, and so I think you maybe if he no if question. he's ready to go yeah. and he can play those, I think you give him those minutes. And I do if if you want to come with a lineup change or with a, a player that can be better, I think Aaron's is that. I think Aaron's is some sort of solution for Michigan State moving forward. I agree with you. I think, yeah, if if the third guy isn't going to step up, then we do need to shoot more threes. But if we can't shoot more threes, then we do need a third guy. I think it's important anyways to have someone step up, especially going into, um, you know, tournament time and everything. But in addition to what you said, Trent, they also need to have hot starts and they need to be able to execute at the end because against Penn State and against Maryland, they couldn't finish. And their starts weren't so great either. And we've seen the whole late start issue too, you know, in the past month or so with games as well, especially on the road. Um, And they do play a few road games against Maryland and Penn State, who are both great teams, one and two in the Big Ten right now. So I think with all those things combined, it's hard to, I mean, they're not going to, they're probably not going to have all of those things figured out. You know, they're, 
I mean, the team isn't perfect, but they definitely need to improve on a lot of those factors, whether, you know, they got to come out firing. I think that's really important and certain players need to step up and they just got to be able to execute. That's all it comes down to. It's going to be um, a very interesting uh, final few games here for Michigan State. Obviously, big loss against Maryland, crumbling in the final minutes again. Final score, 67-60 uh, from that game, leaving the Spartans kind of with a lot of things, a lot of questions to answer um, as the season comes to a close. We'll move in now to just some some general Big Ten talk. And I think you look at the standings here, as Natalie said, Maryland sits at the top alone by themselves at 11-3 and in the conference, 21-4 uh, overall. Penn State right behind them at 10-4. and a, a very, very good Nittany Lions team that I don't think really a lot of people are talking about or giving them credit for, but that's a really good team. Iowa at 9-6, and six, Rutgers 9-6, and six, and the Spartans at 9-6 and six as well with Illinois and Wisconsin trailing behind at 8-6. and six. Um, Ohio State, Maryland, both at 7-7, seven and seven, and both of the, those teams are on their respective runs. Right now, looking to make a push. Um, I think just kind of getting into some preliminary stuff, we'll touch on this more um, probably after the break, after spring break. Uh, Michigan State will play their last game against Ohio State, so we'll have a huge, huge kind of Big Ten conversation. But looking first to just winning the regular season, uh, any predictions on who comes away with the Big Ten regular season title? Do, does someone get to sh- get a share of it? Um, I think it is Maryland's to lose at this point. The only reason I say that is because Maryland has three losses in the conference, and that's it. If you look past that, obviously Penn State only has four, but after that it's you know six for Rutgers, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois, that whole bunch. So if you look at Maryland's schedule, that would essentially mean that Maryland needs to lose three more games at least for someone to get a share of this title. And, I mean, Maryland's got Northwestern. They got Ohio State on the road. That might be a little bit of a difficult game, but then it's Minnesota, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Michigan. I don't see I don't see three losses there for Maryland. So I'm gonna stick with Maryland winning the Big Ten at this point. Penn State's definitely got a shot at a share, but I just I guess I guess to play devil's advocate to my own answer, Maryland if they if they do win out here, they will have won 14 in a row, and that kind of psychologically doesn't seem right. So maybe there's mm-hmm. a loss or two left here for Maryland, but I, I don't know. I think I'm just going to say I'm going to go with a safe bet. I'm just going to say the Terrapins finish it out. Yeah, I think I agree with that too. They've won eight straight now, and you know we could see Cowan is one of the best point guards in the country, finished with 24 points against Michigan State. Um, Jalen Smith is amazing too. He had his fifth straight double-double against Michigan State He's too. He's very good. He is. Like, I, I, this was really, the first really time good. I really got to – like tune in and watch him play. He he's gonna be very good someday. Like even in the NBA and and is whatnot. it Ayala too for them that stepped up? Yeah. Ayala Ayala. Um. So they have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of talent on that team, and they have a great defense, and they just had a you know a great road win against Michigan State. I just think they have it right now, and they, you know, I think in you know NCAA basketball when you get on fire you just kind of start going on a hot streak and like that's how Michigan State was last year but I think that's how Maryland is right now yeah Maryland looks really really good like you said I think it you know it is kind of theirs to lose lose at this point they're playing great I think they still need some, some guys on the supporting cast to be better for them to to really make a huge push but I really like that Maryland team I think they're fifth defensively in Kim Palm standings right now um outside of that I I think Penn State has a shot at it. I mean, obviously they do statistically by looking at the standings, but I think this Penn State team, uh, just looking at what they they got next, they get Illinois at home, 
a Rutgers team at home, Michigan State at home, the the kind of treacherous road games they have, Indiana, I mean, Bloomington, just a tough place to play in general, although Hoosiers are kind of struggling a bit, um, Iowa on the road, but I think those are all for Penn State, the team that looks pretty good, games they can pull off and games they can win. Um, so I think it'll be an interesting finish. Obviously, Michigan, Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan State kind of all have looks at it. Um, outside of that, Michigan has kind of s- some games that could be tough for, for them to pull off to, to make their way back into it. I think they have Purdue still on the road that they have to go and take on again. So could be a very, very interesting finish for the Big Ten. Definitely the, the toughest conference so far this season. Um, just looking ahead, some Big Ten tournament outlook stuff. Um, a lot of stuff could happen. We were talking about it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, you know, didn't quite predict predict that Michigan State could uh, be playing before Friday, but definitely look like it's at some point now. Unless they make a push, they'll be playing on one of the earlier days um, prior to that. So it should be an interesting Big Ten tournament, and see what happens there. I think that's going to be a very crowded field. The tournament's going to be tough. Uh, I don't know who comes out with the win here, and if you're Michigan State, I feel like. It, you have Cassius Winston, but I don't know how far that gets you to to win those games. And they'll be in Indianapolis on a neutral floor. An interesting finish. I think the tournament's going to be really, really exciting, and we'll be there for that, so that'd be cool. Yeah, it'll be a good time. I think if you're Michigan State, and this this is what stinks about playing in the Big Ten, is the the tournament ends on, the, on Selection Sunday. Yeah. So that's kind of tough because it's like, you know, last year the Spartans came back and beat Michigan for – yeah, and then and then you sit there and it's like, oh well, they don't get the one seed now. Whereas if you had a day to like sit on that and sleep on it, the Spartans probably would have been a one seed last year. Ended up working out for them. We all know how that went. But um, I I think this is this is your chance, at least in the earlier days, if they do play on one of those earlier days, show the committee that you you can actually play and play together and be a threat. So that's with the Big Ten tournament, obviously still you know five games out. But uh, that that's kind of what the tournament gives Michigan State a chance to do. Yeah, there's a lot of great teams in the Big Ten this year, so I think it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting for us to be there. And yeah, you said it perfectly, Trent. Like they just have to they got to find a way. They got to find a way, and it's they got to be to prove something one right. And they got to be motivated and work the next few weeks to you know actually make a run in in this tournament and um, the NCAA tournament and just. Yeah, they just gotta find it. I don't know. It's hard. We've been talking about it just this whole time. Just what, what's the missing piece? And you know, I, they're gonna try to find it, and hopefully they do. Gonna figure it out. Uh, last piece for Big Ten talk. Look at some Big Ten Player of the Years as this Player of the Year candidates as the season's wrapping up. I just put a few in here. Don't know if you'll have any anybody outside of that you're looking at, but I have obviously Iowa's Luca Garza has been fantastic all season. Um, Cashes for Michigan State, Cowan, of course, who we got to see firsthand, and and Lamar Stevens for Penn State have all been fantastic. I still think it's it's Garza's award to to lose. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else really is is pushing him for it because he's been fantastic this season. But I like Garza. Any other outside guys you think have a shot at it? Um, Not really, yeah, <laughs> to be completely honest with accurate. you. I concur. I think Garza is going to probably win unanimously. We'll see. It's It's been a crazy season for him. I yeah, mean, he's at 23 been. points a game, 26 in conference play, nine boards, and an egregious 55% for the field, 38% for three-point range. He's been one of the more efficient players in the country. The thing that gets him is defense that Iowa Hawkeyes team doesn't really yeah. play a ton of defense, right. but I it's tough it's to a ignore numbers the award. numbers he posts. It's, it's a numbers award, and it's like the Big Ten is so good that it's to the point where every team's best player, probably you could make a case for this award, but... 
I just think, yeah, what, what Garza's done this year and is really, I mean, we, we were talking about this, the Iowa team a little bit before we started recording. He's pretty much putting the team on his back. They're winning on the back of Luka Garza. If he's not an, if he's not a Hawkeye, I don't know how many wins they got. So we'll just leave it at that. I think it's his award to lose as well. I think it's very true. Very true. Um, so that'll be our Big Ten player talk. Big, excuse me, Big Ten conference talk uh, for the podcast. Move on. Finish it out. Nebraska preview. Nebraska is on the clock. Cornhuskers on the clock. Thursday, February 20th um, in Lincoln. We will not be going there. Maybe. A lot of people <laughs> thought we were going to Nebraska. I don't know why, but. That was probably my fault. Well, I know we I talked was... about it on here, but I don't know if we yeah. did it before we started recording. But I, I just remember talking with you guys. Like, maybe that yeah, could be fun. I was fantasizing about it. About like, <laughs> Lincoln, to, Nebraska? Head, head out yeah. to the gorgeous Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, but we're not going. It'd be so a good time. It be would there. be fun. Yeah, it yeah. Could, could be fun. A Thursday at 8.30 on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Cornhuskers 7-18 and 18 on the season. 2-12 and 12 in the Big Ten. Um, second to last in the conference. They've lost 10 games in a row. Most recently an 81-64 uh, loss at home to Wisconsin. They're bottom of the conference in scoring defense. Opponents average about 76 points a game on them. Uh, 141st in adjusted offensive efficiency, 161st in the defense. Uh, this is really, I think, for Michigan State, you have to smash Nebraska in the mouth. Oh, you have yes, to. You have to leave Lincoln and smash them. Much like you did against Northwestern after that. What was that? Was the Northwestern game after the which loss did that come after? Why do I have such bad memory I right know, now? So do I. But the point being, you came off a tough loss and you come back Minnesota. with Minnesota. They, or what uh, was it, before that? They played played Northwestern twice. Yeah, yeah. So it was excuse me. No, it was Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota. Excuse me. Well, I'm missing myself up. Uh, it was a loss to Indiana. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so then they got Minnesota, Northwestern. I guess the point is just like you're getting a chance here to kind of revamp yourself against an otherwise bad team. With that being said, Nebraska just lost to Maryland by two points, and they will play hard if you give them a chance. So the Spartans definitely come in with your game face on because this, quite frankly, is your last quote-unquote gimme win of the season. I didn't even realize that it was within two points. Yeah. Uh, 72-70. to 70 at Maryland. Nebraska lost by two points. Okay. (laughs) The Big Ten, wherever you look, you know, with the exception of Northwestern, no shade being thrown there, but it's like... It's definitely shade on uh, that one. Definitely shade. It's all good, though. (laughs) It's warranted shade. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. Wow. Yeah, they they need to prove themselves. This is I mean, they don't win this. I, you know. And Nebraska's playing with know. nothing to lose. It's not like Nebraska right. can better its case for anything. Nebraska's a team that has to win the Big 10 tournament to make the tournament, to make the the big dance. So, at this point in the season, they're not playing for anything. They're going to come out and just shoot. So you better be ready for it. And they got some exactly. good wins on this season. They beat they've beaten Iowa this season. Uh they've beaten Purdue. Uh, they have a couple other wins. Yeah, but they've taken out some big teams. They've shown that they can win games. And that's something that if you're Michigan State, you can't come in here lightly. And this is one where you come off a huge loss. Like, you have, there has to be s- s- some shift in energy at some point. And I think, you know, coming out, Tillman's new baby, you beat this team by 30, 20, whatever, come out with a win. I think that is. It just it's building as you have to prepare now for Iowa coming home after that or coming to East Lansing after that. This is just it it needs to be a comforting, you know, get good performances from other guys surrounding type of win to move forward for Michigan State. Um so it'll be an interesting game. Uh at again at Lincoln, eight thirty PM, Fox Sports One. Uh 
will be a big one. Nebraska preview. And that will be it for Nebraska. Uh, Iowa will come home after that or come to East Lansing after that one. We'll have a podcast uh, next week for that game. But kind of a short one this time around. Not a lot to recap. Only one game to look at in the preview. Things are... Yeah, they're speeding up, but also slowing down right now as you kind of the last yeah. stretch of games as we get towards March. Um, so again, keep it locked at WDBM Sports for all content. Follow me on Twitter at j underscore Mitchell twenty five at tbal ninety one and at Natalie Kerwin one on Twitter for all kinds of content. Uh, we'll have some articles, some pieces, tweets, video content, whatever out. Um, make sure to keep it locked for Impact Is Zone. This has been episode nine of season seven Impact Is Zone. Uh, be sure to join us next week. We'll see you next. We'll see you then. Yeah.